love riding my bike. I love running. I don't care what they think about it. I love it. At that point, when I knew I was going to win, chills just went up and down my entire body. I don't believe there are any good or bad foods. Food is food. I still feel so passionate about getting that record that I'm like, I'm just going to do it. As an athlete, I was like, what's my story or what's your story? What can you learn from it? And what can you teach people? Welcome to the Iron Women Podcast. I'm Alyssa Gadeski. I'm here with my co-host, Haley Chura. Haley, how are things in Montana? New Hampshire's been like very up and down with this weather. And I've basically had to unearth all of my winter clothing. And then I've unearthed all of my like super summer clothing for training these days. And it's been a wild ride this last week here in New Hampshire. So what's going on in Montana? Oh my gosh. Montana is, okay, weather-wise, today very nice. If we're just talking about weather... Life-wise, I feel like I've been on a roller coaster. I fell off the roller coaster and then the car came back and ran me over both directions and then like chewed me up and spit me out. I am not doing well. I'm definitely struggling. Um, I came home to news that our pool here has closed indefinitely and um, which for a structural issue. And so a few years ago, the university pool closed because of a structural issue with the roof. And that was three years ago and it's still closed. And so this is our public pool, 50 meter pool in town, had failed an inspection, roof, walls. What are the odds? Is this like one inspector going around who's like really no, it, totally different situation. Like these odds seem like very slim that both have structural problems in one town. I and know. They're pools. Exactly. And that is why I'm like, what is the universe trying to tell me right now? I think it's trying to tell me I need to move. But um, because I also have a very expensive construction lien on my condo for the demolition work that was done during the Flora Duffy episode. <laughs> if anyone listens to that one. I don't even know woman. what that really means. It means I am, I owe a lot of money and I can't, I don't oh, think no. I can like sell or do anything until that bill is paid. And oh, okay, I assume okay. it was being paid by the homeowners insurance, a homeowners association insurance. They are now not claim or the roofing company because I don't own my roof. Um, I live in a condo and they, and I did not oversee the demolition. I listened to it while it was happening. And I, as I couldn't even, I wasn't even able to get them to wait until after I interviewed the Olympic gold medalist. And now I am, I owe a lot of money. And so I am uh, not doing well at all. No, I'm doing really bad. Oh my gosh, Haley, this is a lot of life things and I'm really sorry. I don't know what else to say. I feel like we could troubleshoot some of this, but I'm not sure if the podcast is the right place for me to start like firing Airbnb ideas at you and then sending you off to like Tucson to go live in Lauren Palmer's guest room for a while so that you can just like bandage these things for the remainder of the season and then we'll deal with it come like October 15th or something, right? So, but I don't know. That is like my first instinct is to maybe try something like that. But this is, this is a lot. So we're not going to make you really do any more small talk on this intro because your brain is probably fried. (laughs) Yeah. So I will, I'll talk a little bit about what I did recently. So it's actually a race week for me. I'm doing a trail 50 K on Saturday in Maine. It's going to be it's not my first time in Maine. I've raced triathlon in Maine before. So it'll be, I'm a returning to Maine to race a trail 50 K. I'm excited to get in those miles. And I was actually considering staying. It's like a two day run festival. And on Sunday they have a competitive K9 5k Haley. 
And so I was considering doing a double with the 50K and then a 5K with Max, but I'm actually coming home and just going to relax at home because the lawn here, which was like a big problem in my mind until I heard your problems, Haley, the lawn's like out of control. And it's like, no matter how much we mow, we're still constantly behind on the mowing and it's nothing compared to the issues you've been describing in your life, but it's really been stressing me out. And so I have to get home to mow the lawn next weekend was the moral of that story. But um, I'm excited to race again. I have been racing a lot and I kind of pushed through that 24 hour race and didn't get to rest. So I'm like, our listeners can't see the joyous view of what is my, my life with my hair right now. I have like these weird things happening. This is basically how I've been living for since that 24 hour race the other week finished because I just have to push through. I get a couple days of rest before this. And then I get some real rest, you guys, because I'm doing another 50K the following week. So back-to-back weekends with 50K running. Um, So I have, you know, hopefully a lot of good miles ahead of me. And Haley, this weekend, I did catch some of the coverage. Did you watch any of the coverage from any of the racing this past weekend by chance? Yes. Oh my God. That has been actually what, okay. The things that have kept me going the last couple days have been one Cowboy's the sweetest dog ever. And he knows I'm upset and he's so sweet. And so when you talk about Max and everything, I'm just like, thank goodness for our, you know, companions, our emotional support animals right now, because that, and then I, I did, I had a bunch of athletes racing this past weekend and I am a fan of the sport. I watched a lot of the coverage in both Chattanooga. I watched a little bit of the coverage in Slovakia because I hate to admit that I was awake at that hour, but I was. And so there was incredible, incredible racing. And, um, Alyssa, where are we starting with, uh, Slovakia since that one happened first? Like, tell me about that one because I didn't catch that. You weren't awake. One I didn't really catch. Yeah. 2 a.m. Mountain time. Um, it was Sarah Perez Sala, you know, just had an incredible win there. And she's been a recent guest on the on the Iron Woman podcast. And she, you know, she had some bad luck. She crashed in Miami and to come back and get a win at the challenge championship, big race, I thought was really cool. And then I think it was uh Emma Pallant ran it up for second, and then Lucy Buckingham was third there. And so I just thought, you know, I just, I do really like that race. And, um, it was cool to, you know, see Lucy and Sarah, who I raced with last year, um, having great races again this year. And then, um, Emma Pellant running her way in there too. And then, uh, let's see, we had Chattanooga, you know, that one, I think outside TV, Dee Dee Griesbauer, our fave, she was commentating and, uh, you know, unfortunately Flor Duffy was not able to compete because she had that COVID positive, but Jackie Herring, Oh my God. It was her second time, right? Because right when we talked yes. to her, she was getting over COVID, That's what I was right? Like, she okay. just had this earlier yeah. in the year, like five months ago well, when I still had a, a roof and a floor and everything. <laughs> floor Duffy had COVID and how things have changed, you know, how things are changed not are, are exactly the same um, five months later. But that was a huge bummer. I mean, she just raced in Yokohama and then I guess traveling back, picked it up. But it's, I mean, it's, it's hard to get to a start line healthy these days. I think that's what the last couple of weeks have definitely shown me. And I tell that to all my athletes that, oh my goodness, if you're on a start line healthy right now, like give yourself a pat on the back because it is not easy. Yeah, I, I agree with that hundred percent. And actually Haley, that's a good segue into our mailbag question this week, which we will talk about. So this mailbag question, our listeners, you can always send us your questions to ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com, ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com, fill up our mailbag. This question came in from Sophia and she has had a history of foot injuries, but she's back. She's healthy. She 
um, you know, has gotten all of that kind of sorted, checked out, and everything's been good to go. And so she's back racing with a 70.3 the 10th of July. But so far, because of her past history with foot injuries, she's been running only on soft surfaces to help kind of mitigate that. So, however, looking at the race, it's 100% on asphalt. So she's wondering how would we suggest to get used to running on asphalt again prior to the race? Or does it not matter for the race as long as she's doing the time and distance on a softer surface? And this is a great question because like you just said, Haley, getting to that start line healthy and feeling good is like number one, right? So what would, what do you think Sophia should be doing? So I am also someone who I don't have a history of running injuries, but after I was hit by a car in 2015 and came back from a leg injury, I pretty much... I also pretty much only run on soft surfaces. So either hard packed dirt, um, or treadmill. And so I, again, I don't have exactly her same history, but I, I don't really, I rarely run on asphalt or concrete. And, um, a lot of that is also just like where I choose to run. And so I think that I, I don't think I've had a problem then transitioning to doing a race on asphalt or concrete. I do race in very cushioned shoes. I mean, I train and race in very cushioned shoes. And so that is, I mean, right now, luckily we're in the era of max cushioning and shoes and the super shoes with the carbon plates have a lot of cushion. So if she isn't already uh, racing in those, I would say it is probably worth every penny for her to, to, you know, go down to her local running store, try out some cushioned shoes, see how they feel, but that is going to help on race day. And and at least asphalt is a little bit softer than concrete. And so that, you know, should be going for her, but I do think it's one of those things where it's, um, you know, it's, it's worth it to do that when you have a history of running injuries. Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. I think that, um, you know, if it was a full distance, I'd think a little bit about maybe working in some like road running a little bit more kind of fashion in a fashion that, you know, your legs would be prepared then for some of the pounding that could come in the later half of a marathon on asphalt, that kind of thing. But, and honestly, some of that, I might even like say you're better off hiking certain things and things like that to get your legs prepared for that pounding, not even necessarily running on asphalt as preparation. Um, so, and yeah, I agree with the cushion shoes. I do when I'm running a lot and doing a lot of like volume on my legs, I do super shoes, cushion shoes on soft surface. Like I double it up with that too, because it's just, you know, I, when you get tired, you lose like kind of that control to like land or I lose control at least to like land softly and kind of have that like more fluid run. And I'm just like, I can feel the pounding that's happening. And so the more I can cushion that, I definitely take advantage of it. And, um, I think, you know, in the race, I think, I think the, the bulk of the miles being done in a fashion that's keeping you healthy is important. And I'd be very surprised if everything, if you're, you know, really healthy on the start line, I don't see, a half marathon on asphalt being kind of like a major issue or anything that wouldn't be like a red flag for an injury, even an injury prone person. I wouldn't be nervous about that. So, um, I think you're doing all the right things, Sophia. And I were, yeah, we didn't tell us which race it is, but Eagle man is Eagle man. 
Or maybe no, it's, it's the 10th of July. Oh, July. Oh, I think it's June. No. And I don't think she's Steelhead? one of our U.S. listeners. <gasps> oh, okay. So, so I think it's I don't know, the European something schedule. in, yeah, it's probably or one in the European area. Australia but, or um, anywhere yeah. in the world. Okay. I don't know the race calendar from the top of my head, but I had fun <laughs> trying. <laughs> yeah. But Sophia, thanks for that question. And to our listeners, yes, you can send us mailbag questions at ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. And Haley, through all of your trials and tribulations, I hope you are taking care of yourself, which includes eating snacks. Not and enough. Hopefully, you have had plenty of that <laughs> bars on hand because I feel like you need to just be pounding them during all of the stressful times to make sure you're still eating okay. Yeah, no, I am not. I'm not eating or drinking enough of noon, but I'm working on it. You know, it is one of those things where I'm like, okay. This will pass. Things will get better. I'm going to figure this out. I'm a smart problem-solving person. But part of that is, yeah, making sure I'm staying hydrated, staying fed. So drinking the noon. And then also, Alyssa, I did get a new shipment of That's It bars. Um, It was, you know, sitting on my doorstep waiting for me when I got home, which was, you know, kind of nice, nicer than the other mail that was there. And I... uh, I opened it up and there was a flavor I'd never tried. And it was the the apple and fig. And have you tried that, Alyssa? Have you tried the apple and fig? I haven't tried that one yet. No, not that one. Was it good? It was so good. I mean, I am someone who likes like fig Newtons and, you know, fig flavor, I think as a flavor, but it was, it was like perfect because it was sometimes you don't want something quite as sweet. And I think it had like the perfect amount of like sweetness and easy to eat. And so I did eat one of those. I finally got myself on the bike yesterday. And um, I did eat one while I was on the bike. So it's helping me get back to, I don't know, some kind of normalcy. Matt really likes Fig Newton. So I'm going to have to dig those out of the variety pack to give to see what he thinks for that. I'll let him be the number one taste, taste tester because I taste tested. I think it's the apple mango chili. I think it's those three. Ooh. And that has like a nice little spicy kick, Kaylee. I That's been my number one. Um, that's it bar as of late. And for our listeners, as a reminder, that's it is back on as a sponsor. And you can get 20% off of your orders at that's it fruit.com forward slash iron women with the code iron women. Yeah. Thank you to everyone who has. And, you know, definitely, even if things are bad, keep eating, keep drinking, and uh, maybe keep listening to Iron Woman podcast as uh, I vent all my trials and tribulations as well. All right, Haley. Well, we have a great interview for everyone today. We are talking to Sarah Karpinski. And she is someone that you or I would probably call a long timer. You know, that's something we say here on the Iron Women podcast because she started racing in 2012, worked her way up to the pointy end of the age group ranks by 2018, and then she turned pro in 2019. Since then, she's become a regular on the 70.3 and Ironman circuit. She's known as a superb runner with a 307 Ironman marathon PR that she ran in Ironman Austria last year. On the podcast, we often have athletes coming to chat during the highlights of their career, but we are really grateful that Sarah came on to chat during one of the harder times she's been going through. After getting COVID right after Oceanside 70.3 this past April, Sarah had to pull out from Ironman Texas and has been forced to stay patient as her body recovers to where her mind wants her to be. I've always appreciated Sarah's candidness about the highs and lows of her triathlon journey, and so I hope you enjoy our chat with her here. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the Iron Women podcast. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. So as many triathletes did with 2020 and 2021 being like less full with racing because of the pandemic, you were starting racing as soon as North American races were beginning this year in 2022. And you kicked things off with Oceanside 70.3. And then you were planning to do Ironman Texas 
But unfortunately, you know, you let us know with through Instagram posts that you actually got COVID between these events and had to pull out of Ironman Texas. So first, we definitely want to ask, how are you feeling now? Um, yeah, I'm feeling pretty much back to normal. Um, it, it it actually took quite a quite a long time. It, well, at least it felt like a long time to kind of get over COVID and feel like my training went back to normal. And so Oceanside and 70.3 in Ironman, Texas, they would have only been three weeks apart. So you raced Oceanside and then I think got sick sometime in the in-between period. How, what was the timing like and how did you make the decision? Like, when did you get that positive result and were you able to cancel everything for Texas? Yeah. So I got back from Oceanside on Monday. I think I started having a sore throat on Tuesday night and I was coughing. I had a sore throat. Um, I continue to do all my recovery workouts and because they were recovery, you know, I didn't think, you know, too much of it besides feeling kind of crappy. Um, so Friday I decided to finally take the COVID test and test it positive. Um, so we took like the weekend off. Um, then I try attempted to go back to the workouts on Monday, knowing I still had COVID. But I took everything nice and easy. Um, but the workouts were literally going terrible. Um, me and my coach, Leslie, we kind of like by Friday of that week, um, I was basically freaking out knowing I just, yeah, they were going terrible. I didn't think I could race at all. So um, we kind of made that decision to take a couple more days off. I think we took like five or six solid days off and then I tried to return again. And yeah, I just called it. I mean, I just couldn't my my heart rate was out of control and my chest was hurting and um yeah so I definitely had to call um Texas even though it was a hard decision um it was a smart decision to do though um in regards to getting refunded for everything luckily um I got a credit on my airline and I was able to cancel my hotel so um luckily that worked out for me oh small silver linings like in the bigger picture um but, you know, another silver lining, I guess that came as you, you did start feeling better, I think, because you did manage to find another great racing opportunity at the White Lake, White Lake 70.3, which had a PTO sponsored pro re race. And that was about two weeks ago, I think. So maybe a little more. Um, we often encourage our listeners to head to some great local races. So what was the vibe like at the White Lake 70.3? Like should East Coasters or maybe West Coasters, you know, come, come out and do this race? Um, should it be on people's radar? Uh, so first off, I think it's great that White Lake hosted and PTO hosted, um, you know, uh, the pros at White Lake. It was just a nice local race. I haven't done a local race in a long time. Um, so I definitely recommend this race on um, East Coast, West Coast, whoever. I mean, it had a good vibe to it. It was well organized. Um, the race directors and the volunteers were happy to have us and it was just a good, you know, local race with good support. And it was nice to do a small event. Um, it's been a while since I have done a non Ironman uh, branded event. So it was really nice to go out there and do a local event again um, that supported the pros. And this White Lake race was only five, five weeks after Oceanside. So only four weeks after you tested positive for COVID, you had taken several days off. Like, how did you feel? Um, so I went in there with really the expectations of, 
hopefully just having a kind of a solid training day and um, really just to stay positive and have fun and kind of see where my fitness was at or if I still had fitness, I guess. And, uh, you know, if I was feeling bad at any point of the race, I was going to kind of pull it um, because the course was a two loop course for everything. So it, you know, if, I, if my heart rate felt high or if my chest, you know, was hurting, then I was going to call it, but I didn't feel those things. So I was able to push through and, um, did I have the perfect day? No. Um, but you know, I had an okay day for where I was at. So, um, I was pretty happy with it. And can you talk about kind of how you returned to training? Because I know that your story is, is unfortunately not unique in, you know, in, in, coming back from COVID and it sounds like you paid attention to your heart rate. And I mean, how did, like, you are kind of a success story in a way that you had COVID and you were able to race not that long after. Um, did you do anything specific? I took a lot of rest days. Um, I, I think I took like six or seven solid rest days um, where I probably had less than a thousand steps per day which is like barely, I mean, as you guys know, it's like barely moving. So I, I really didn't do anything at all. Um, and then uh, my coach Leslie and I, we just kind of took it really slow. So we did like a test run, like let's say a half hour test run to see how we were feeling or a super easy hour bike um, and kind of see where we were at. So leading up to the race, I really didn't do any speed work or interval work. It was just all pretty much keep everything easy, low heart rate, not, you know, not to, I guess, where you get sick or anything like that. Yeah. Were you nervous about like, you know, as athletes, we're just so inclined to push ourselves really hard, you know? So did you have like, uh, you know, I know your husband's a triathlete as well. And so he, you know, was he kind of like able to help you be, you know, that good voice on your shoulder to be like, it's okay to rest, you know, in addition to, you know, coach Leslie and things like that. But did you have support to like help you kind of manage maybe the inclination to push through it and, you know, manage that risk of like doing further damage and then racing would be even further out? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I talked to Jason, Leslie, my mom, my mom was a big help because she knows that I don't like to sit still. So she's like, and, and, and COVID such a big risk. And I really didn't want to be, you know, a long hauler. And there's, I guess we just don't really know the long effects of COVID. And I mean, we still don't, and I just didn't want to make things worse. So it was really just about listening to my body and trying to be a smart adult instead of, you know, instead of pushing through and, and, and being that athlete that, you know, won't, won't sit down or, or what have you. And who is Leslie? Leslie, do we know Leslie, your coach? Uh, yeah, you guys, uh, Leslie Miller. Yeah, you guys. Oh, know okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leslie Miller, pro, <laughs> yeah. is, there, is she is she an officially retired pro triathlete? She hasn't said it, I don't think, officially. So I think uh, she just had a second baby, and um, she's, I think, getting back in shape. I hope Leslie's coming back to race more. But, um, yeah, I don't think she might know really either. I know. I think we. I think you're the first athlete we have uh, – Hey, we've interviewed who's coached by Leslie Miller. And I think that, you know, we want to celebrate our pro coaches as well. So very cool that she's your coach and gave you some good guidance, but we want to back up just a little bit, um, and talk a little bit about Oceanside because that was such a big race. It, um, you know, it isn't an official like championship 
race, but the field was championship caliber for sure. And a lot of, a lot of pros do use that to open their seasons. So, uh, can you take us through your day there? Did you, did you feel a hundred percent for that race? Yeah, I felt definitely good leading up to it. Um, as a not so strong swimmer, I was extremely nervous about the ocean swim and, um, and the field was, you know, so, so many amazing ladies were out there on the field. So I was actually intimidated by the field as well. Um, but I mean, it ended, it was, it was a good day, um, minus my swim, but, uh, <laughs> um, it was, it was, it's always pretty amazing to race with all those ladies at that Olympic level and such a high level. And, you know, I feel really honored to start on the start line with them. So yeah, it was a fun day. <laughs> So Sarah, you mentioned that, you know, you struggled a bit in the swim in Oceanside, but you know, historically your strengths are really in the bike and the run, which means that you're often like in the hunt coming out of the water. Right. So sometimes we, you know, well, sometimes every week I talk to Haley who kind of has like, you know, she's never experienced something like that. Right. So do you like, how does this change your race strategy? Do you find that this helps your ability to be confident, like in the later stages of the race, knowing like the best that you have to give is still to come? Um, it's, I mean, it's not a good feeling coming out of the water last and seeing no other bikes on the bike rack. And I mean, you, so yeah, you just know coming out of the water that you're probably gonna, or that I always have to dig myself out of this ginormous hole um <laughs> I definitely had so, that experience in South Africa on year two and I was like oh here we go but it was so, but in a way it's it is like I don't know I don't want to say fun but it's like possible to be like okay you know now I get to start doing things that I'm confident you know like a little bit stronger right. and things like that yeah so I think I think my mental game has to be on point because it'd be so easy and I've done it before where you just start feeling bad about yourself and then I mean once that happens the rest of your race is pretty much gone um so I mean I just really work on staying positive and you know getting after the bike and the run best I can and just going out there and keep pushing myself um and and see where I end up for the day well, I was going to say, I don't think I've never, I've not never had that experience, but I, I do know that as a swimmer that not everyone, you know, has the swim background that I have. And I coach a lot of athletes who you, the swim is, is a big deterrent for them. And it's something that they're always working on improving. And I also realize it's something that keeps a lot of people from participating in triathlon. And so do you have advice for, for people who, who struggle with the swim and how you keep yourself going, why you think it's important to keep working on your swim? Um, I would give advice uh, or tell somebody, you know, don't let the swim hold you back. Um, I mean, as pretty much an adult learn to swimmer over here, um, I, I think if you want something bad enough or um, you want to try the sport, then you're going to make time for it, go to the pool, um, you know, hire a coach, um, it, and pretty much learn how to swim. And just, I mean, I guess you can build at a smaller, um, I'm going to take my husband, Jason, for example, he literally did not know how to swim before he was 30. 
And so he took adult swim lessons, um, started off a, a sprint try in the pool, um, and now does, you know, Ironman. So, I, I mean, really, it sounds cheesy, but anything's possible. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, don't let the swim hold you back. Um, I, you know, for me, it's it's never going to be easy, um, but I just put in the work and, and see how I'm improving. And, um, yeah, ho hopefully I'll get faster one day. I'm still not Does, there. So do the incremental improvements like keep you going? Is that really gratifying just to like have a day where the swim goes a little bit better and you get like a real good sense of accomplishment because of that? Oh, certainly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll miss maybe a workout for two months solid and I won't hit any of the paces in the pool. And so then when I finally make it, it's, you know, it's exciting. Like I'll, I'll text my coach right away and say like, F yeah, I made it. So yeah, it's, uh, I get excited. Yeah. And Sarah, you're a very experienced triathlete in general. You raced as an age grouper for about six years before you went pro. So we're going to, you know, we've totally been working backwards in this podcast today, but can you take us through your evolution in triathlon? Like, you know, at what point kind of when you were racing as an age grouper was going pro a goal? Was that something you always were looking at to, to be doing that? Honestly, I had no goals of going pro at all. Um, it wasn't even on my radar. Um, I never uh, thought I'd be fast enough to actually be a pro. Um, I'm just not a naturally gifted athlete to begin with, at least in my opinion. Um, I coached myself for several years. Um, I think in 20, I want to say 2015, um, I kind of decided I wanted to try to go to Kona. Um, so that's when I hired Leslie Miller and I started working with her in 2016. Um, and really when I started working with her, um, I think just all the consistency in the different workouts, um, really helped me improve. And, um, I ended up getting, I think second overall at Eagle Man in 2018. So I thought about it for, uh, the whole like six months and, you know, I decided to take my pro card to really challenge myself and see how far, you know, I could take the sport if I jumped hundred percent in and, and I really wanted to like push myself and challenge myself and, um, and really see where I could go in the sport. So. And we know you are a very strong runner and in this age of super shoes, we love, we love all, I love the shoe discourse. I love talking about shoes and I believe you're sponsored by on running, which is, is a, is a company out of, are they out of Switzerland? I feel like it's out of Europe. And then, uh, man, I yeah, I got that. Okay. So tell us more about on and your favorite racing shoe in on. Cause I don't think this is one we've, we've talked about yet on the podcast. Um, so yeah, I love everything on all clouds, everything. <laughs> so, um, my racing shoe, I like the, uh, cloud boom echo and it's, uh, their racing shoe with the carbon fiberboard in it. So it definitely adds that little spring to your step, um, and has definitely helped me PR and run a little bit faster. Um, it pretty much feels like you're saving your legs a little bit, um, so it's almost like a cheater shoe, you know, but I think, I think everyone's wearing these carbon based shoes now. So I think we're all in the same uh, playing field, uh, but yeah, yeah, in them as well. Uh, no, I don't. I save them for race day. I might run in my shakeout run in them and that's about it. Um, so I just save them for race only. What do you train in? This is so, still an on shoe. I'm assuming. Yeah, it's still on shoe. I train in the cloud flow, um, which is more of just a neutral 
shoe um that's good for really anything short track long runs um I do like the cloud naming convention because I feel like it instantly makes you feel like it's like a perhaps a placebo effect on that on that side. I mean, the shoes, um, I'm sure, feel good and stuff, but it's like, yeah, when you're like, oh, this is going to feel like a cloud, it's going to help you along a little bit, I bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think so, too. So, And Sarah, so you live in Washington, D.C. Well, I think maybe right like outside D.C., Um and while we have talked to some pros who live in New York City, I don't, I'm trying to think, and I don't think we have had, Haley, you'll have to correct me, a pro from D.C. And so at first glance, someone might write off like a big city like Washington, D.C. as being a great training, as being, you know, not a great training location. But, you know, digging deeper, it seems like there's actually a lot of very athlete-friendly aspects to the city. So what's your favorite place to run and ride for someone who maybe is coming to visit or kind of look at the area and do like a weekend there and needs to get in some training. Yeah, I think DC is a great, um, great triathlon community and a triathlon friendly. Um, I actually live right in the city, um, about a mile from the Capitol. So, um, one of the great training spots for like interval bike rides is down at Haynes point. It's about a three mile loop. Um, that's down in the park and it's, it has uh, two lanes and there is some traffic, but it's really light. So a lot of the cyclists go there during the week. Um, and you can get a lot of interval training in, um, runners go there as well. Personally for running, there is a trail that's about a half a mile from my house. Um, the Anacostia river walk trail, it's not used very much, so it's pretty empty. Um, and I do a lot of my, um, and you could actually run 15 miles on it without any really any stop sign. So it's good for those long runs. It's good for interval runs and um, and all that good stuff. That's like having a treadmill that doesn't reset in an hour. If you have yeah. no stop oh, signs yeah. for 15 miles, you're like, oh, no, now I have like literally zero excuses. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, when I, I, I was uh, working out on a treadmill that stopped every half hour. So it was, it could get pretty annoying for sure. <laughs> but I've also- been there too. I've done that where you're like timing your intervals. So like you can like, I'll like preemptively stop the treadmill, reset it, and then like get going again, like during my rest intervals to make sure I had like, I wasn't interrupting like a main interval. You guys are better than me. I'm like, oops, I guess I hit it at the wrong time. Got to take an extra break. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But uh, one other thing about D.C. is it also offers uh, free pools. So if you're a D.C. resident, um, all the pools are free. And there's probably like six or seven indoor pools. So then they're all over the city. So it really makes access to the pools um, easy and affordable. Do you ever do shakeout runs like through, you know, by all the monuments or anything like that? Or is it just like too touristy? Um, no, so I'll, if you go early in the morning, um, it's pretty nice to run down on the mall if you're there before like nine o'clock, let's say before the tourists come. And I actually do all my hill work. I do hill repeats on Capitol Hill. Um, and it, since it's close to traffic, it's, it's, it's good people watching and I, I love it there. <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty it's cool. Very cool. And Sarah, you raced eight times between April and November, 2021. So was that just taking advantage of opportunities after you'd had a year out of COVID? Did you structure your race season that way? Or was it just like, okay, there's a race, I'm going to be there. Uh, yeah. So I think we all had a little bit of, um, 
missing out on races due to COVID from what was it 2020 like no races so I kind of went a little crazy last year and um, I get a little FOMO of missing out on races when I see everyone's Instagram and I'm like oh I see a race I want I want to do it I <laughs> but yeah I don't it kind of just comes up um, I don't plan too far ahead and it seems like you enjoy racing 70.3 and iron distances pretty much the same, right? So is that true? Like, am I making a true statement? Do you prefer one or the other? Do you prefer the training for one over the other? Um, I, yeah, I like both the distances. I actually like the full Ironman a little bit better. Um, it's a little more painful, but I think I do a little bit better at the longer distance. I basically have one speed. It doesn't matter if it's a half Ironman or Ironman. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and okay. We, we are animal lovers here at Iron Women podcast and we, we tend to trend toward dogs. Both Alyssa and I have dogs. And I think it was Holly Benner who we had on, who was also a cat person, but I believe you are a major cat person. I'm judging from your, your kit and um, a quick scroll of your Instagram feed. Why are cats so great? Um, I just love cats so much. I think when I was like five, I picked up my uncle's cat and I squeezed it so hard it peed because I was so <laughs> excited. <laughs> to hold a cat but yeah my love <laughs> my love for cats I just I don't know they're just so cute and they purr they go on your laps and I'm just like a big kid and I just love all the little cats at my kits they just make me smile if I'm in that low point and I look down at my kid it just it just brings me out of the low point and makes me smile so and you take your cat for walks or like outside on a leash, right? Or am I making that up? That did you just try uh, it once and it didn't go well? <laughs> no, we. Uh, so I take my one cat out zip all the time on the leash. So he gets excited like a dog. He, he if he sees the leash and the harness, he starts meowing. And he goes crazy. Um, and so until you put that on him, he won't stop crying. Um, so he how, likes to go. How far? How far do you usually walk? Well, when I say cat walking, it's kind of a a loose term he goes out the front door he walks <laughs> maybe 10 feet to the grass and eats grass that's pretty maybe... much what ramona does though yeah. i mean she... <laughs> so yeah pretty much like a yeah maybe i don't know then if the ramona is like a cat or if zip is like a dog <laughs> yeah so he doesn't stay out there and and then he just likes to lay and listen to all the birds and in the squirrels. So we actually have a screened in back porch and I leave the our French doors open. And so the cats, it's like a catio now. Um they kind of just spend all day out there, especially since I'm uh working from home a lot of the days now. So it's perfect oh. for them. And what do you do for your day job? I'm assuming uh when you say working from home, I mean is it triathlon work or are you doing something else as well? Um, so I'm an IT specialist for the Federal Bureau of Prisons. So, um, yeah, so I work from home some days and I'm in the office on some days. And we were talking a little bit, Haley, before recording that, you know, they're phasing Sarah back in and it's been a nice like reprieve to be working from home, but just because of the training aspect. And, um, I definitely, you know, Leslie coaches with Biscate coaching. And so I know a lot of the work Sarah has been putting in and stuff. And I can imagine that being able to seamlessly transition between training and, uh, work life has been, has been helpful for you, Sarah. It sure has. I absolutely love it. And uh, I could, uh, stay at home forever and work from home forever. So if I had that chance, so. Well, we think your manager or boss or whoever it is who makes those decisions should let you. So if they, 
if they want to listen to the Iron Women podcast, they can um, hear our, our encouragement of that. Yeah. Um, and Sarah, so, you know, like we said, the racing this season is just getting started. We're really excited that you've been able to bounce back and are feeling healthy and ready to race. So do you plan to have another season of like eight races again? What's what's in the mix for this coming season? Um, so I'm headed to 70.3 Chattanooga this weekend. Um, and then I have Eagle Man and like Placid, and then I'm kind of gonna see where where I'm at from there. Some of the classics, I love, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the, like pivoting as you go, going with the flow. I think that's a. I mean, it's a good way to race as we come out of this. Uh, you know, all years of not having those race opportunities. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and I, I love the flexibility to kind of just jump in. Um. I, I think I'm always ready to race. So um, to look at that calendar and kind of just jump in when available. Yeah, I agree. And I know, Sarah, you said earlier that you don't think you're the most talented athlete. And I would encourage people, you know, in the intro, I'll definitely be giving some of your stats. And I think you are definitely quite talented. And I know whenever I'm on the run course with you, I am like running full on scared because you have a lot of talent and stuff on the run. And um, I'm excited to see what else comes together for you this season but thanks for bearing with our technical difficulties today and chatting with us and sharing some of your story thanks for having me well Haley it looks like Sarah was able to get to Chattanooga 70.3 last weekend but I imagine with the heat and her body still recovering it sounds like from her Instagram post she wasn't feeling like she's really returned to the form she wants to be for racing we obviously don't know everything about COVID recovery, but we do know that it can take some time. So Sarah, stay patient. We are rooting for you. And our listeners can follow Sarah at Scarpers, S-K-A-R-P-E-R-S on Instagram to see what she does the rest of the season. Yeah. Thanks to her for, for sharing her story. Cause I think it's unfortunately one that a lot of us can relate to. So, um, as Alyssa said, hang in there, Sarah, thanks again for coming on the show and, um, you know, best of luck with the rest of her season. And Alyssa, I will wish myself the best of luck too with the rest of my life. I know, Haley. <laughs> but hopefully I hopefully I can still, you know, keep the Wi-Fi connection going and stay on here. But we'll see. We'll see. Haley, if you can do what you've done in racing, this is gonna be like a really hard race, but I know you can do it. So I feel like I'm like a dumpster file fire that everyone is just throwing more trash into. Oh but, my gosh. You know, that's how it is sometimes. It will. <laughs> Thanks. To, it will get better. Thanks for chatting. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Haley. Talk to you later. Bye. You have been listening to the Iron Women podcast hosted by Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadeski. Iron Women is a production of Feisty Media and is edited and produced by Lindsay Glassford. Head to livefeisty.com to find more podcasts, events, stories, and fresh perspectives. Thanks for listening. Alyssa, Amino Co. has been a longtime podcast sponsor, and every time I'm listening to the show and I hear our Amino Co. ad, I'm always shocked to hear how Amino Co. co-founder Dr. Robert Wolf has run a marathon in under two hours and 30 minutes, 62 times. I just can't believe that's a real stat. 
Me either. It is very impressive and it gives me a lot of confidence Dr. Wolf knows what he's talking about when it comes to performance and recovery. I actually took Aminoco Heal before and after my recent knee surgery. I've been using Heal a lot after really big workouts as I've started to ramp up my training. And I also use my personal favorite, Aminoco Perform, before and during my hardest sessions. Do you have a favorite flavor? For Perform, I definitely go with the strawberry lemonade. It has a really light flavor and a little bit of caffeine that I think helps keep me focused during my really tough intervals. And for Heal, I like vanilla. I just feel like vanilla gets me into recovery mode. What about you? The vanilla heel is my favorite too. I find it mixes really well into my post-workout shakes that I make. Wait, what do you put in your shakes? Well, oftentimes just whatever I have in the fridge, sometimes vegetables, sometimes collagen, you know, whatever I have. Summer shakes are way more interesting because it's like I make them cold, but the winter shakes are a little less fancy. Do you ever add snow to your winter shakes? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to start doing that now. I don't know, make sure it's clean snow. I am not quite as fancy. I just add water. It, I think it still works pretty well. But uh, however you like your Amino Co, you can rest assured that in clinical trials, muscle protein synthesis from exercise more than doubled by athletes using Perform and Heal was shown to trigger muscle growth and repair better than other high quality protein sources. Head to aminoco.com slash ironwomen to see very large photos of me and Haley using Aminoco products. Then select your favorite products and use code ironwomen for 30% off at checkout. First time purchases also come with a free gift. That's aminoco.com forward slash ironwomen and code ironwomen for 30% off. Chasing Epic is the essence of the Orca brand. It is about seeking the moments in life that make us feel truly alive and connected with the beauty of the world around us. And let's be real, Chasing Epic is feisty. Orca has been a longtime partner of Feisty and we work with them year after year because we love their products and their commitment to creating amazing wetsuits made for women. They also supported me on Team USA last year at the One Water Race, which was most definitely also Chasing Epic. With Orca's range of triathlon wetsuits, including Apex and Athlex, you can choose between flexibility, buoyancy, or a combination of both. There's a wetsuit for every triathlete and for all of your epic adventures. And as a feisty listener, you can get 15% off with the code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com. All right, Alyssa, I'm like starting to swim more again. And I feel like you were swimming a lot last year with oh, with one water. And how did you keep your hair from get, getting so destroyed? I was swimming so much last year. And I used try hard, Kelly, and I still swear by it. They have extensively researched this problem and created a superior vegan, dermatologically tested proprietary blend. Try hard has shampoo, conditioner, body wash, and more stuff. Everything you're going to need for your pre and post swim necessities. I've also seen that top pros like Chelsea Sodaro and Lucy Charles Barkley also praise the effectiveness of try hard. I think it's like it's definitely changed how good I feel just coming out of chlorine. And we have a code right now too, for anyone who wants to try, you know, try, try hard and stop suffering from dry, itchy skin, having their hair get all, you know, green, which happens to me because mine's like super blonde and get all beat up. 
you can try any of the try hard products with the code 20 feisty that's two zero feisty for 20 percent off store-wide at tryhard.co so that's 20 feisty for 20 percent off at tryhard.co